Hey, what's going on today, guys? So for this week's episode, it's going to be something a little bit different than normal. It's actually going to be an interview today with my philosophy of religion teacher, Tristan Johnson. Tristan's a great guy, and I really think you guys are going to enjoy this conversation. We talk about all things philosophy. Uh, we talk about life, religion, <laughs> Marvel movies, Star Wars. It gets kind of crazy, but I, I, I think this is going to be an interesting conversation that you guys will enjoy. And also... This week, guys, um, my friends over at ThoughtFly Media have just informed me that the movie Wretch that I uh, reviewed a while back has just gotten re-released for a cheaper price. So right now it's at priced at $4.99 to own on iTunes and $0.99 cents to rent. So I'll post the link in the description for the link to uh, direct iTunes link that you guys can check it out. It's a great thriller, horror, mystery movie that you guys should check out. I reviewed it a while back, so now... On to the interview. Hello, my heroes, and welcome to this week's episode of the Indestructible Podcast, the podcast for the people, the podcast that can never die. I am your host, the indestructible Danny Cano, and today I'm sitting here with the one and only Tristan Johnson. Johnson. <laughs> now, I met Tristan from taking his philosophy of religion class, and the first thing that came on to me was that the dude seems really laid back, passionate about his subject, and and that he told me that he played football, man. So, oh, yeah. tell me a little bit about that. About football? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, I played uh, free safety mm. um, and strong safety, mm. and um, I don't know. There's not much to tell. I thought it was like a dream of mine to play full, you know, like professional football, so I devoted all of my energy towards that, um, but I had bad knees i have uh my patella will sometimes dislocate if i get hit in the wrong way mm. and i had that injury take place multiple times when i was young so it got to a point where i just abandoned football and stopped watching it as well yeah it's kind of boring to watch after you <laughs> stop playing and it kind of seems like an interesting duality going on of like the football player turned philosophy teacher like how did that, <laughs> how, how'd that happen well, I was playing football actually at the very same time that I started taking my first logic class. Mm. Um, and I had, during practice, I had one of those knee injuries. Um, and so most of my time got devoted instead of playing mm. uh, to doing philosophy and thinking about that type of stuff. Okay. Yeah. And did that, like, w was your injury sort of like a cause for your... Um, I don't want to say necessarily your loss of faith, but oh, questioning no towards it, or was this long beforehand? No way. You already had that. No way. Um, so I grew up Christian. I was 22 years. I practiced devoutly. Wow. I was a virgin. Like <laughs> I bought, I bought all of it, right? Wow. Um, and uh, and I was just taking a logic class, a critical thinking class, and that first class. During that class, he taught us to respect the truth. Mm. Whatever is true, no matter what. And not to be afraid to question anything. And I really liked that. And uh, so I took another class with, with that professor. And that was a, that was a metaphysics class. Mm. And so one of the questions was, does God exist? And it was the very first time it even dawned on me that the possibility was no. Mm. I had grown up with people my entire life. All I had been told was it was just assumed that God existed. Of course. Yeah. And uh, so I never once doubted it. 
Not even at all, just personally? Nope. Wow. Not once. Not up and and I didn't even doubt it at that point when he questioned, but it was the very first time the question had even been posed and I was like, Wow, I didn't ever even thought that that might be the mm. case. And so I started I continued to go to church. Um but I started having questions for my pastor when I got there, right? Yeah. Um questions that I don't think that my mind would have not would have arisen mm. out of my mind. I was taught just accept everything on faith. Uh, that's the best way to believe anyways. Um, and you said again, this was Christianity? Christianity, yeah. Mm. Protestant, Protestant Christianity. And so um, so we start looking at arguments for the, for the existence of God and arguments against the existence of God. And one of them that stuck out to me wasn't really an argument against the existence, but against the compatibility of free will and God's foreknowledge. If God knows everything, then it knows the future. Mm. If it knows the future, then it knows what you're going to do. So if it knows what I'm going to do and I can't surprise it and do something else, then it looks like I don't have free will. That puzzled me and, and w- looked bad. Um, Did it make you feel like limited in your life, having this set in stone sort of fate, Yeah, I guess you would say? No, I think it it felt just like an inconsistency in my world. It felt like, wait, I if I'm constantly told God, like we have free will, um, and that God exists. But if those two things aren't compatible, there was cognitive dissonance in my mind at that point, and mm. I needed to reconcile it in some way. Mm. Um, that one bothered me, but there was all the, there was all these other stuff. There's the argument from evil, um, and and so I start. I slowly started like shifting. And one of the things I remember is saying to myself, like, I'm just going to be brutally honest about what's true and what's not. Mm. If something's not true, I'm not going to fucking believe it. Mm-hmm. If it is true, I'm going to believe it even if I don't like it. And then your definition of true is something that has absolute evidence? No. Mm. No. Um, truth is independent of evidence. Truth is just a matter of the way the world is and whether or not the way the world is corresponds with, like, our the, our thoughts, our sentences, our ideas, and things like that. If I say something like "the cat is on the mat," and reality doesn't reflect that, yeah, then that that sentence is not true, a mm-hmm. proposition or whatever, however you take it. Um, and so I just cared like what what is true? What's the world really like? Mm-hmm. And I was determined to face it no matter what, even if it made me uncomfortable, and so on, even if it wasn't like the best the funnest thing to believe you know like and so um so i committed to that and and there there was again it was a slow process for me and one of the big issues was well can i be a good person without god yeah because i was taught right i was taught that's what all your morals were based around right right heaven and hell yeah i was i was raised on heaven and hell i was raised on the golden rule the ten commandments teachings in the bible and i had never questioned those either i just thought and i thought you could not be a good person without christianity even my own dad i thought not a good guy because he doesn't go to church Mm. he's definitely going to go to hell wow and that weighed on me right and i always kind of felt like well there's still time to save him (laughs) probably towards the end he'll start going to church yeah Yeah. Uh, but it did weigh on me like if he died immediately he was going to go to hell according to what I thought he only went to church really on 
on Christmas. And did that Christmas sort of belief Eve. make you feel distant from your father? No. Um, no. Uh, my dad, we just... There was no real distance between me and him, but um, he, we were very different. Mm-hmm. He is a very, very practical person. If you want to start talking, we're going to talk about how to fix an alternator or something like that. Whereas I want to talk about like <laughs> the existence of reality and things like that. Um, so he was very, very practical and I'm more abstract. Did you find yourself actually more compelled to the abstract because he was so practical mm, or you just found that. it on your own? Yeah, I don't think that. I think uh, uh, I wasn't much of a thinker at all until <laughs> I got to that critical, into that logic class. Wow. Um, that's when I really started questioning things. Before that, I wasn't very curious. I had the answer to everything. Why is the wind blow? Well, God makes it blow. Why is why I believe are we you said here? like originally you actually wanted to be like a priest, right? Or who you? Oh, I did. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna go into that as a profession. Um, I thought so, but to get back, it was like I the big the one of the big questions was so how do I be moral? And so I took an ethics class. Right at that. So I took logic, which introduced me to the truth and like respecting the truth. Then I took metaphysics, which allowed me to question whether God actually exists or not and had arguments for and against it. And then an ethics class, which showed me, oh, there's all these other ethical systems out there. Mm-hmm. I used to believe, like, why is it wrong to kill somebody? Mm-hmm. And the answer was just right. Well, there's a commandment that says you don't go to kill. Hell, yeah. yeah. It's not even that you go to hell. It's just God commanded, don't kill. That was it, full stop, right? Um, So your set of morals were completely based around that? It wasn't even like you personally just thought that killing was bad? I mean... Nope. Wow. I think... I think... Well, that's why it was bad. I did think it was bad, but why I thought it was bad, it was because it violated one of the commandments. I see. That was as simple an ethics as I had, I think. Mm. Um, And also, you could just say, like, well, I don't want golden rule right i don't want to be killed so i'm not going to kill anybody else right it handles that case pretty nicely i think (laughs) yeah for most people unless there's somebody running around who wants to be killed then they go around killing people and you're like hey golden rule tells me to do it so (laughs) uh but i don't have those i don't have those you know really bizarre uh preferences so then I, I take this ethics class. I learn about Kant. I learn about uh, David Hume. I learn about Mills and all these like rich ethical traditions. And, um, and that, then I'm at this point where I'm like, okay, you could live without God and still be a good person. Mm-hmm. And that, that was like those three classes in a row. I think that's what was required possibly for me to have that transition because I was 22 years deep into it and really, really devout. Wow. So it took a lot to break away. And I felt like I had lost a friend. Like I I felt like I had lost Jesus. I felt betrayed almost yeah. by... Because he was so ingrained. Yeah. And I prayed to him every night. And so there was a deep sense of a relationship broke up there. You know, yeah, people yeah, often yeah. talk about having a personal relationship with God and Jesus and so on. I definitely thought along those lines and thought that I had that type of relationship. Mm. And, uh, and so when I broke away, it did feel, I felt that type of like breakup almost. Yeah. Yeah. And would you like, 
would this be comparable like to like a personal breakup with like a girlfriend or something did you <laughs> like how, how how much of a breakup did it feel you know in some ways um i mean that's it's a difficult comparison right with yeah. with with a girlfriend there's actual tangible reciprocation in the relationship i thought that there was reciprocation in our relationship with jesus right so i pray for something um and a lot of those prayers didn't come true i always prayed for world peace it never came true but i there were possibly there were times where i thought oh my prayer was answered right my knee is healed up faster than i thought or something like that um i yeah it's it's hard to compare a breakup a romantic relationship breakup with that type of breakup but it was it felt more like i had lost a friend of sorts a part of you almost yeah because it was so much of a it was so yeah. much a part of your life that you were at one point gonna yeah. be a priest you know yeah and there yeah for sure so it was also a lot of shifting now the way i believe things mm. right so i believed all sorts of these things and now i needed to question all of those things mm. Uh, just a simple, simple thing like he teaches Christianity teaches humility, right? Yeah. You're supposed to be humble, yeah. and I never even thought to question that is humility a good thing? Yeah. And so I would have to go through and and think through all, all these beliefs that I have been taught, and I didn't abandon all of them. Like I still think humility is a good thing, mm -hmm. um, but I had to think through why is it good? What you know instead of just accepting it from those type of stories. And then the more I got into it, the more crazy Christianity sounded to me mm. to the point now where I'm baffled almost at how I possibly believed it at all. Yeah. Um, but also studying like critical thinking, I see the mechanisms behind why I believe. Mm. So, yeah, it was a long it was a long process for me. And I think it's fascinating that you said that you ended up taking that critical thinking class and then you yourself ended up becoming a critical thinking teacher. Yeah, it's my favorite class to teach. Did you know, like, right after you had taken the classes and they had left such an indelible mark on you that you yourself were going to go towards that path of teaching? No, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to be an author. I wanted to, I initially took up English as my major. And my that same philosophy professor, Johnny Terry, he said, uh, he just was like, what's your major? I was like, English. He goes, no, you're a philosopher. And he took me to the administrative yeah. office and wow. changed, and we changed my major to philosophy. So then uh, I just devoted myself to philosophy at that point. Yeah. And do you and feel, math. do you feel, con and math? Yeah, I wow. love math. Do you feel content with that choice that you made? Do you feel like, oh, yeah. Like your life? Yeah. Mm, um, financially, my life is not great because of that. Those decisions, mm. um, but uh, is that more though speaking? Uh, is that more of like a teaching? Yeah. So I'm only a part-time teacher, oh. and so I don't get paid. I get paid nice for part time, but I I'm only full time. Of course. Uh, or sorry, I'm only part time. Part -time. Yeah. And so yeah, it hasn't been great financially, which can lead to hardships, but. I have never really put an emphasis on making a lot of money in my life. And so um, as long as I can survive, my life has been very yeah, content and happy. And just speaking like on the outside looking in, you seem very fulfilled in your life. Like you seem yeah. like a very 
happy person. Um, like you said before, you you've said during class that you are married, mm-hmm. you are in a happy relationship. Mm-hmm. So it seems like your life turned out in a way that you're you're happy, you're content. You know. Yeah, yeah. My wife, uh, you know, we met when we were 15 years old. That well, was the first time we met, and so it's been 29 years now. We've been married. Well, we got together in 2000, mm-hmm. and we felt committed that whole time. We got. Um, was she religious as well? No. Mm-hmm. So my wife, uh, she <laughs> was just wildly resistant to religion. Her father was a born again. He was a drug dealer, and then mm-hmm. became a born again Christian in her life, and he probably was, made her question a lot of things. Huh? It probably made her question a lot of things. He was abusive. Uh, and so he would do things like he would make her go and try to save people. And she actually did save people. Um, and by save, do you mean? Turn them to Christ. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, and he, so he gave her this children's Bible and he was like, read this. So she reads it, comes back, and she's like, None of that is true. So she never was susceptible to those type of beliefs. Um, that what? Well, yeah. And but he was. He just forced her to go to church. Forced her to um, take communion multiple times. Um, whatever. He he just constantly berated her as a sinner and all this other stuff. Uh, but she just never believed any of it. She pretended to believe so she wouldn't get an ass with him. Yeah, yeah. She pretended to believe for a long time, but she never, never believed. Yeah, you find that in a lot of people that get ingrained with religion, like from birth, yeah. that they either buy into it and they they go with it and it yeah. becomes part of them themselves, or like you said, like your wife in your wife's case, she yeah. completely just wasn't a part yeah. of it. You know. So her and I, at fifteen, I was still deeply into Christianity and mm. she was an atheist and I wanted to help her. I wanted to ah. save her. And, uh, and she just was so like, you know, she was already having sex at that age. And, and I was like, Oh my, like horrified. <laughs> You're like that by guy it. on the bachelor. We just I saw was, I was worse than that guy. <laughs> he was terrible. Um, <laughs> uh, but I wanted to help her. And, um, and so we talked a lot and, like I'm really goofy and she really liked goofy, but she didn't find me attractive at all. Um, but like over the years, we've all been there, man. Yeah, <laughs> I guess when I started playing football and lifting a lot of weights, she was like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you just use that now." Huh? <laughs> yeah, and so and so we eventually we eventually got together. Um, again in two thousand in the year two thousand, we got together and she. Um, she and I got domestic partnership here in California mm. and because neither one of us believed in marriage at that point. For me, it was a religious thing, mm. right? Marriage yeah. was a religious thing. And I didn't want that and she <laughs> didn't want that. And so we got domestic partnership. But we moved to Texas for my grad study and uh, Texas didn't recognize domestic partnership. So we got married years later um, honestly, I don't even know how long we've been married. I guess we got married in 2010. Mm. Um, so we were together wow. for 10 years before we actually 
no, no, 2005, sorry. We were together for five years before we actually got married. That's still a long time. You see people get married like after one year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So we consider, and we only celebrate the ta- the anniversary of when we got together. So we consider ourselves having been together for 19 years now. Wow. Yeah. And so like at age 15, were you guys like childhood friends or? We were where, friends. Where'd you guys first meet? We were friends. We met in high school. I had a buddy, Leonard. And she lived in Long Beach initially, mm. and uh, when she finally was allowed to separate from her father because mm. of his abusiveness, she, the courts like decided she could go live with her auntie in Sacramento, so she went to the same school. And her and Leonard had actually been best friends wow. a while back because Leonard lived in Oakland. I don't know how they knew each other, actually, but so we had this mutual friend, and so we started hanging out. Mm. Um, yeah. So somehow the cosmic universe brought you together, huh? <laughs> it's just, I mean, somebody's going to be in your life and they're going to have some backstory, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I guess it's true. They say like the six degrees of separation, like so everybody's connected somehow. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's how we got together. And then, well, we didn't actually, we, we went to prom together. Neither one of us had a date for prom. We were like, why don't we just go together? <laughs> just go, yeah. Yeah. And, um. That was great. I actually I see your strategy, Tristan. <laughs> the no date strategy, right? You just went no, for it. that wasn't my date. <laughs> that wasn't my strategy, but um, but yeah, that was fun. I was prom king by two of my friends nice. stuffed the ballot. I was gonna say, dude, did you rig it? Hundred percent, not supposed to be. Did they know who the hell you were? Like, who's that guy? Like. Who's that guy wearing? People knew me, but I wasn't, like, super popular. I played football, and I, you know, but I wasn't popular. You just played at that angle. Yeah, he's yeah. a football guy. And, <laughs> but I wasn't, I definitely wasn't supposed to be the prom king. Some people had rigged it. Unbeknownst to me, I had no idea. And then somebody told me midway through. So Charmaine and I, we laughed about that. What was your reaction? Well, because somebody told me before oh, they actually man. announced it. I played it cool as fuck. <laughs> I just walked up like I owned it. That was like the perfect setup because yeah. you two like had it mad. You go to the prom together and oh, you just happen to be the pro- yeah. homecoming kid, you know? <laughs> I had, uh, yeah, I, I had like a full on, my, Charmaine said, you have, you, you have to wear a full like black tuxedo. So of course I come in a James Bond white nice. and black Yeah, tuxedo. dude. That was like the same uh, for me. I did the same thing for my prom. Yeah. yeah. It was fun. Um, but yeah, that's, that's cool, how we man. got together, and and she's a huge part of why I'm so fulfilled in most of my life, right? That's great. I man. do think that relationships are the most, the, one of the most important aspects of of a happy life. Yeah, like we were talking about that just the other day in class. Yeah. You know, I I I don't think it's at all surprising to find out that fact that there's even been studies on that like yeah. you said it was a 75 year study seven, i think it was like some like 75 years wow. they studied this is that question. technically the longest study that's ever i don't know yeah i don't know i'm not sure i mean it's it's a <laughs> lot of like it's a lot opinion. of years for something that seems so just like well duh, you know? i know they had multiple head coordinators throughout it uh wow. head researchers throughout it so it took a long yeah it was an investment that they put in but I think there could be like a healthy balance, you know, with like you're like having a relationship that fulfills you, but also being fulfilled just by yourself. You know? Yeah. My job is fulfilling deeply. Um, the, my relationship is fulfilling. My relationships are fulfilling. So 
Yeah, that's. Important. Do you ever feel the inclination to maybe pursue that original dream you had of being an author? Because that's something that's that can always be. Yeah. No, I don't. Um, okay, like for me, uh, I write when I feel like I have something new to say. Mm. So if I, I think through philosophy, but I'm a definitely a slow thinker through these things, and I don't have like I'm not being paid to research or anything like that. But I research independently a little bit, and if I have something that I think, oh, that's worth trying to publish, then I do. And does your writing lean more towards like journal entries or poems or self musings or? Well, I, I do various stuff actually. (laughs) So I've written, um, I've written poems. Mm. I don't try to publish poems, Mm. but I love writing poems. Um, I don't like, like I wouldn't do like spoken word or anything like that shit. Feels goofy to me. Yeah, just um, like stand in front of a crowd yeah. and do it. But I'll write, I'll write a goofy ass poem to somebody. Um, you should have uh, made that an assignment, man. Yeah, do like a spoken word like presentation yeah. for the class. Just make people do that. Average. I write short stories or like sudden fiction. Um, but mostly, if I if I'm serious, if I'm gonna try and publish something, it's probably going to be an article for mm. a philosophy journal or something. And is there any links that you have to like? I haven't actually published. Oh, anything. you haven't no, published anything. Okay. No. Are you working on anything currently? I've been working on. So there's that puzzle of compatibility of free will versus divine foreknowledge, mm. which I worked on for ten years, and I came to the conclusion that they are compatible. Mm. And I've written something up like that, but it turns out somebody had written something just like it mm. years earlier, and so I haven't attempted to publish that. I wrote something on abortion, um, and I tried to get it published, but it didn't get accepted. So, mm. yeah. And where did you submit it to? Uh, um, analysis mm. is a philosophy journal. Nice. Yeah. So I think the big question that everyone has that they want to ask you, Tristan, is how'd you get into Star Wars, man? Because <laughs> for those that don't know, Tristan <laughs> pulled an Einstein on us, and he, he completely took out – changing his wardrobe to just wear the same thing every day my man tristan rocks the boba fett uh zip up hoodie every day and yeah so how did star wars become such a big part that of your life just, that is just i mean i was born in 1979 mm-hmm. it was made in 78 i think so, yeah 77 or 78 yeah oh 70 yeah you're right i think 77 and so my very, very, very first memory is Han Solo shooting Greedo under the table, ah. watching that scene <laughs> and watching the most Eisley scene. Well, did he shoot first? No, <laughs> <laughs> he did shoot first. <laughs> um, and so I grew up with it. I grew up on, on, I grew up on the force. I grew up, I remember my dad taking me to, um, to, um, Return, uh, Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. I remember the wow. scene in the theater. I remember the scene, this the snow battle scene, mm. a lot of it. Uh, specifically, I remember Han Solo and Leia running through the tunnels. Yeah, yeah. In the snow, in that snow scene. Um, Did you at all find any comparisons comparably to like Star Wars and religion? Because I know a lot of things in Star Wars are based around like sort of yeah. like belief and stuff like that. Again, I wasn't a thinker when I was oh. little. 
So I just took things as, you know, I knew Star Wars was fake, right? <laughs> um, I tried to move shit with my mind. Yeah. Many occasions. Everyone does that, dude. Even to this day. You, you just, just hope one day that you're special in some way. Can you imagine just one day you put your arm out and it actually does happen? Oh, man. That would be the day. <laughs> I would fucking shit myself. That would be so <laughs> awesome. Um, but yeah. now looking back on it, do you feel that you were sort of like so into Star Wars because it sort of had like religious overtones or anything like that? I don't think so. I just think Like the whole idea of like the Force story. being... Well, I guess now later on they retconned it to be like you're either born with it or not, right? Metachlorian and stuff. stuff like that. Yeah, they kind of they definitely went downhill when that stuff started coming <laughs> out. Um, I think honestly, it, it was a visual. It was just so visually amazing to me, right? Back then we didn't have all the CGI and stuff, so those dog fights in space, fucking, and it cool. still holds up. It still yeah, looks cool. It man. does. It does. Um, just the story. Well, I mean, I, I wasn't so daft that I didn't recognize the redemption story. And that definitely appealed to me as a Christian. It was like, Oh man, Darth Vader fucking being redeemed at the very last second by mm-hmm. his son and killing the emperor. That is beautiful, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Anybody could be redeemed. I, I remember eating that stuff up. Um, yeah. So I, I recognized that, but I didn't, you know, for me, it was like Yoda, dude. Yoda's lifting shit. He's such a fucking little badass. He's so <laughs> fucking smart. Um, I just, I just loved, I loved Dagobah. I loved all the different, I loved all the different planets, you know. For me. It's a whole universe. Yeah. To explore, you know. Yeah. And, you know, it's a, because it's a mix of science and religion, right? Mm-hmm. Um. The science is really bad. It's more science fantasy than science fiction, really. But, you know, lightsabers, oh, come on, man. <laughs> With a lightsaber, is just so, they're just so beautiful. You yeah, know? yeah. And the stories are great. Obi-Wan and, and, and Darth Vader fighting it out to the, and the way he just gives up his ghost like that. <laughs> and go, you know, like, uh, spirits. These are things that I believed, you know, at the time. And, um, so I thought it was cool that you could have a forest ghost and stuff. But Star Wars was actually a huge influence on me in terms of my education. Mm. Because, again, I was a dumb kid. I didn't read. But when Empire or when um, Return of the Jedi was over, mm. we didn't think there was going to be any more Star Wars. Mm. Right? It's a trilogy. And it's a self-contained. Those three stories are boom, boom, boom. They're, it's over. Yeah. It's just, right? And so they came out with books, mm. and I started reading the books when I had never read anything really before. Mm. I had read bits of the Bible. It wasn't emphasized that I should be, like, I was told I should read the Bible, but I didn't really read the Bible. I went to church every day. I learned what it said. So it was sort of like your first inclining, inclination to, like, do more research than just taking things at base value, right? Yeah. Well, more than that, it was just I just wanted to hear more stories from the Star Wars yeah. universe. So I wasn't a very good reader at the time, but when Star Wars books came out, I was a voracious reader. I was like, oh my gosh. And <laughs> Timothy Zahn was such a great writer. He really captured Chewbacca and Han Solo. Those are like the original Skywalker. books, right, that they wrote for that? Yeah, they were so fucking good. If you haven't read the, the Thrawn trilogy, <laughs> it's worth reading, even though... Yeah, I think it's still considered canon in Disney's world, but who gives a fuck what they think? I don't care about <laughs> 
Have you ever considered um, like writing some of that your own, like doing your own sort of Star Wars fiction? The only time I ever considered it was after they finally did all the prequels. Me and my wife were like, "Man, I could do better than that. We could do way better than that. <laughs> they're putting that shit out, dude." We started drafting. I guess uh, anybody can, right? <laughs> yeah. We started drafting. To me, they're all like possible worlds out there, you know. Yeah, yeah. So. And what do you think of the new ones that have just come out recently? The last three. Meh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Better than so the prequels, though, right? The prequels. It's funny because that was weird. my generation. Yeah. Like I grew up with that Star Wars being like. This is Star Wars. Wow. And I, right. and growing up, I didn't think the Phantom Menace was that bad. Y'all loved some Jar Jar, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> like, I thought it was funny, you know? And Darth Maul looked cool. Darth and, Maul was awesome. Yeah. They should have never killed Darth. See, this is why Darth Vader was so bad at I mean, he's three, three movies before he finally dies, mm-hmm. right? That's how you have... Look at why Thanos is so fucked. You do not know how to kill Thanos at mm-hmm. all. And mm-hmm. he's like, oh my God. Gosh, it takes a whole nother movie before, right? Yeah. They kill him twice. Um, but with Darth Maul, they chopped him in half in the first fucking <laughs> thing. You're like, come on. Well, they hey. ended up retconning that too, man. Now he's still no, alive. I now know. he's got like spider legs and shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and speaking of like Avengers and all that Marvel stuff, yeah. what do you think of like the comparisons for people that say this is sort of like the modern day Star Wars, it's like the event films? It's better to me. Like the fact that people are coming together, like I have a little brother that's in middle school and he's kind of like a shy kid and stuff. But with things like the Avengers and all these Marvel movies, he sort of has made friends through it. You know, mm-hmm. like it's like I, what I imagine what Star Wars was like. Yeah. You know, like you guys, like I've heard stories of people like, oh, the jocks and the nerds. We all talked about Star Wars, you know, yeah. oh, like it was that, something that everybody liked. Every single person knew about star wars every single person had an opinion on star yeah. wars and it was always almost universally a good opinion Love. except for the people that were a little bit older they saw the holes in it right mm. so in empire strikes <laughs> back darth vader starts choking people from distance yeah like yeah. wait he can't even see this guy except through a teleprompter or right whatever, yeah, and he's yeah choking this guy why didn't he just choke luke when he was flying towards a death star yeah yeah portal like Fucking so they started seeing the inconsistency, and for them the Ewoks were just dumb. dumb. And for us the Ewoks were like, oh my you god, like, you like it, so right? Cool. I love the Ewoks. Mm-hmm. And then now my generation is like Jar Jar, get the fuck out. And your generation <laughs> is like Jar Jar. Yeah. You know? So do you still look back on the Ewoks fondly? I like. I now I do see why the Ewoks are dumb. Yeah. But yeah, I do. I mm. think they were they were so cute. They were so cuddly. Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to live in an Ewok village. That would have been <laughs> so cool. <laughs> but um, but with these movies, like the prequels, it's not to me like an overarching bad arc, mm. like the story. But it seemed to me it's a tragedy. Mm. And it didn't seem to me that George Lucas had even read Shakespeare at all. He had never read any really good tragedies. Or he didn't. The way he modeled... Um, a new hope based off of the hero's journey. Mm. He should have tried to break down like what are the, and people did this right. Mm. What are the good elements of a good good tragedy and love story because they have a love story yeah. too. And they and and then apply that to Anakin as the the, um, the tragic uh, character. Uh, with a tragic flaw. His tragic flaw is so garbage, right? He 
He's afraid of people dying. The yeah. People he loves dying. Everybody has that. It's not a, like <laughs> it's not ambi- They should have made it more ambition. I think in the book, did it ruin Darth Vader for you? When he said no. Oh God! <laughs> yeah, those little moments, right? Yeah, yeah. Those little moments make or break, I think, a movie because, oh, like a, his no is so pathetic. <laughs> Everything in that fucking room should have been crushed and flying around. <laughs> yeah. You could have displayed so much more emotion without him saying a single word. It's those little details that I think are fucked up, like the choreography of some of the fight scenes. You yeah. know, the choreography. Between Darth Vader and and uh, Obi Wan on the Death Star when Obi Wan dies, mm. it's so the the choreography. It's so minimal. It's, yeah, it's, it's so like, minimal. It's like two old guys battling. Like the impact of their fight is phenomenal. It's like, yeah. oh my gosh, all you needed from their first fight instead of all that fucking lightsabers whirling around is that last scene. It's all you care about is that last scene when he finally chops his both legs and mm. arm off right yeah that's uh so that part has emotion right and so how did the whole boba fett sweater thing start um it's just it's honestly just convenience. It's like my wife bought this sweater for me oh. and it's just awesome mm-hmm. i like it and uh and so i started wearing it and i started yeah i just decided i'm gonna make this my my teaching uniform mm. Um, I pretend it's like to give you guys consistency in your life. <laughs> like I will always be this, the same every time. Um, but yeah. Do you feel like sort of at this point you, you can't even like divert from that now? Oh yeah. I could just drop it at any moment. Mm-hmm. You I should do that, man. Just like on a random fucking day, just so, one day show up with like a, like, um, a Darth Vader hoodie or something. Yeah. Don't even acknowledge it. <laughs> Never. Um, I do do it actually. There's there's a lesson in philosophy on induction mm. and the problem of induction. It's like just because something has happened over and over and over and over again doesn't mean that the next time it's going to happen. So when I teach induction, I come without the hoodie. Mm. Um, so you're so not I, pulling a nine sign and just wearing the same thing just to nah. not to overuse your brain power, right? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. I don't think I have lots of different shirts, um, so I, it doesn't. <laughs> I never, I don't spend a lot of time choosing what I wear, though. Mm. It's never been something that's been a. That's probably a healthy thing, man. I, yeah. Honestly, like, there's, so, you know, that there's people out there that obsess over that. Like, you spend a lot of time obsessing over what to wear, and I get it. I can, you know, different industries that is important, but yeah, the way I look, I don't think is that important. What do you think of like the whole superhero mythos now? That's sort of started from like all these superhero movies and things like that. Do you think it's a good thing? For people to like have that innate like morals given to them through like movies and stuff like that, I mean, I don't think it's anything new. Mm. We've this is how we've been getting our morals forever mm. um, by storytelling, fiction. Yeah, fiction. Um, people telling stories and then saying what the moral of the story is, and um, and we emulate. But I think we should be. We should. We should critique our myths. Yeah. Right? Because if your myth is telling you something like, um, you know, women can't be warriors or something like that, you need to critique that myth. Yeah. Right? And so if you look at if you look at what Marvel's doing, they're trying to be very inclusive in who they put, right? Yeah. Um uh put in the films. Like 
the the most powerful being in the entire universe, Captain Marvel, female. Female, right? yeah, so yeah. These are great lessons for our daughters to be learning, and um, so. But if if you if you're watching, you're if you're looking at your myths and you're not thinking critically about the myths at all, mm-hmm. then you're possibly learning lessons that aren't good, and that is bad. But I don't think that um, I I don't know because. Like almost all the problems that are solved in the Marvel universe is solved through violence. Of Fight some bad sort. guy, good guys win. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and teaching that there's just there's bad guys and there's good guys is to oversimplify our reality, right? Mm, yeah. People are very complex. They do bad things sometimes. They do good things sometimes, um, and doesn't seem to be true that there are inherently evil people out there mm-hmm. a lot of people do bad shit but they think they're doing something good or they have overriding reasons for why they why they want to do these things so people are way more complex but if you're critiquing that stuff right if you watch marvel and you're like oh, these are good guys these are bad guys mm-hmm. but you also watch something like um civil war and it's not so clear cut yeah. right these are the good guys and these are the good guys and they're fighting and which side am I on on this battle? Um, Yeah. And it almost feels like that divide is kind of like what's separating us as Americans. You know, it's sort of like people are either with us or you're against us. Like there doesn't seem to be some sort of middle ground that people can find in these times, you know? Yeah, it's really hard. I'm not good at talking about politics, Mm -hmm. honestly. Um, I do have opinions about it, but I find politics so difficult to navigate because I have no idea in a lot of cases what the fuck to believe. Yeah. So I'm seeing one so what I, I do is I have I have Fox News and I have CNN and I I have both sides in my news feed so that I'm seeing what are both sides seeing. Mm. And so what I've started doing is just skipping this the interpretations and stuff, which has cost me a lot of effort. Um, so instead of, I see both sides are talking about Mueller report. Instead of listening to what either side says, I just go and read the Mueller report for myself. Or I see that there's, a, you know, a, a immigration ban uh, or a Muslim ban. Like, depending on how, which side you're on, they call it yeah. different things. Like, okay, there's a ban. Yeah. Let me go read the ban itself. Um, so. It almost feels like there's no news source that's completely bias-free. You know? Yeah, and I don't expect to find anything like that. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the our society is wickedly divided right now. And even I, I mean, I know it's in-group, out-group bias. I'm Republican. You're Democrat. Fuck y'all, right? Mm-hmm. The whole thing. I get the biases that are going that are at play. Um, even when I do know that they're at play, I still find it very difficult to resist them. Mm-hmm. Everybody in my family voted for Trump except me. Mm-hmm. My sister, both my brothers, my mom, my dad, all voted for Trump. I talk civilly with my brother about it. Um, and um, Was it that they felt that he sort of supported their beliefs or... My mom is going to vote on the abortion issue regardless. 
and so she I think she got misinformation about um, Hillary's position mm-hmm. but even if she didn't Hillary's position is that it's morally permissible um, and my mom thinks that all abortion is mm-hmm. immoral my sister is actually a rape baby um, call her a rape baby I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> you're just a rape baby no, I'm <laughs> um, and so my mom thinks all of it is immoral and uh, so anybody that's on that other side is not going to get her vote. Mm. So I think that's why some of my other family members talk about a lesser evil thing. I just think they miscalculated wildly there. And if you don't mind me asking, yeah. do they still feel vehemently like in support of Trump at this point? Yeah. As far as I know, as far as I know, my brother, I haven't talked. The last time I talked to him was just two, three months ago. And he was still very much pro-Trump. Mm-hmm. And um, do you feel that it's divided you kind of as a family a little bit, or my between me, my sister, and my mom? Yes, between me, my dad, and my brothers, no. Mm-hmm. Um, just because I just, I mean, I had talked to my mom. I've talked to my mom on a number of occasions about her position on abortion, and. Um, how tenuous it is it's tied to her belief that life starts at conception which i think is ridiculous tried to convince her out of it but she refuses to um i say yeah she refuses to think critically about it she already she kind of has her beliefs set in stone nothing you say will change her mind yeah and in fact she thinks like swaying or changing beliefs is is really a terrible thing Mm -hmm. to do Um, you should have faith and that you should stand strong in your faith as most or not I shouldn't say most but the the other end of us think to have a static mind like that is a negative thing yeah you should be willing to always revise your beliefs and change because then you can possibly get rid of false beliefs and attain new true ones um, do you think that way of thinking will ever like completely change or do you think there's always going to be some sort of like set in stone people that feel like oh these are the beliefs there's no other because I truly do believe that over time we are just going to eventually become more completely open to each other you know yeah um, I think part of it is you're fighting against the, the human mind which mm-hmm. is has been developed through evolution Unless that fundamentally changes, um, you won't get any sort of dramatic change. But I hear that, I'm not sure why I believe this or where I heard this. I heard that IQ is going up a little bit, uh, gradually. And so I don't know that that's going to be the big, if if IQ goes up, but you still have all these cognitive biases that were... That's crazy. actually interesting that you say that because a lot of people oh. always complain, oh, millennials, they're just getting dumber and dumber. No, no. I hate those type of arguments. Yeah. You're going to have... Look, you just have... In any generation, you have... Some people are smarter than other people and uh, some people get better educations than others and there's lots of reasons for why these factors are at play. Um, my experience hasn't been that millennials are any smarter or dumber and every generation has their beliefs that they fight for you know yeah yeah like years from now they're gonna say well how could they have even fought for those rights they should have just been like like how we look back on like things like the civil rights and Mm -hmm. stuff like that you know yeah 
why was there even a debate about it? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It seems bizarre. But I think, like, I mean, we look at animal rights. It looks to me as obvious as these other cases. There shouldn't be a fight about it at all. <laughs> there should just be y'all are killing animals just to eat them. That seems clearly wrong. And Tristan and, is a vegan. For, <laughs> and, just to clarify. And so there's, uh, but I wasn't always, like, I changed my mind over it, right? Mm. Um, Did that also come from the critical thinking class? Did that make you yeah, question? Yeah, so, so there, when you're dealing with morality, there's there's two components. There's a rational component and there's a motivative component. Mm. And so I was rationally convinced ever since, ever since those classes on ethics because my teacher was a vegetarian and mm. he said uh, and the arguments that were presented there were just obvious yeah we shouldn't be eating we shouldn't be killing animals just yeah. eat them and so um and so there was the, the rational component was there but for years i didn't have the motivative component to actually compel me to stop mm. and so i ate meat but i slowly tapered off it Mm. And uh, and then I got to a point where um, I actually saw the environmental arguments for vegetarianism, veganism mm. too, and that's always been something that's important to me. And that actually motivated me. That was the impetus. It was like, oh, okay, mm. um, we have an ethicist here who a hundred percent believes in that the arguments for vegetarianism, veganism are sound. Mm. Uh, for animal issues, for environmental right. issues, and for health issues, and the but the motivation has been very slow, just like my case. But he's like now pulling the trigger on it. Mm. So, um, yeah. Mm. And then also speaking on that, um, have you had any like bad encounters with like people that are very like close-minded in your classrooms, like? rebuking what you say or sort of fighting back with you in class do you have any like crazy stories of students completely like get, get flipping out in your classes at you or anything like that um i have one case where it wasn't the student it was me mm. um so like i'm pretty hard on religion in my class mm. and a student was defending it in a way that was completely irrational and i found myself becoming irrational mm. and i think i said some dumb stuff i can't even remember exactly what it was um but i remember i got i caught myself being emotional about it mm. which i can get really emotional about um if you don't religion. mind me asking what yeah. was the subject it was about the value of religion of mm. the value of christianity and i i was arguing that uh some basically they were denying a whole bunch of science that science was valuable at all <laughs> and that just blows my mind yeah. right because it always comes from people who don't know any fucking science um people who say things like if if we were evolved from monkey why are there still monkeys yeah, like, yeah dumb yeah. dumb things like this <laughs> And uh, what and, you tell me, Planet of the Apes wasn't based on a true story. <laughs> and I just got I got really angry, and I caught myself being angry, and uh, and I I calmed down, but it wasn't 
it didn't make me like I still recognize that fervor. Mm. So I had religious fervor growing up, mm. right? I was passionate against people. Mm. It's like, why the fuck do you believe, right, right? And and so during my transition, I feel like part of that fervor came along, and I fight against it. I'm not I'm not prone to anger at all, really. Mm. Um, it takes a re- it takes a lot, a lot, a lot. You seem very calm me and measured. It takes a lot to get me mad. I, that's just a natural disposition. I, I don't work at it. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I always worry that I'm wrong, mm-hmm. right? Because when you were wrong for 22 years, or at least in my opinion, I was wrong for 22 years. What if I'm wrong now? Yeah. What if everything I'm saying is just bullshit? I wish somebody could just come along. And just go, here are all your false beliefs, here are all your true beliefs, and they were somehow infallible. And they I knew could just it. go, yeah. thank you, and I sort them out and get rid of the false ones. So I have like, um, I adhere to logic and critical thinking. And there's, there's positions in philosophy that think that logic and critical thinking aren't good. That they don't, that seeking the truth itself isn't good or wrong. what we should be doing. It's wrong that you question it at all in the first place. Maybe even immoral, yeah. Yeah. And um and I I wonder like what if I'm wrong about that stuff? But I don't even know how to understand the world really if it's not through a critical, critical lens. Thinking, yeah. And so it like am I going to be 90 years old and everybody has abandoned logic and reason and and, and maybe the world is better because of it. Maybe it's worse because of it. But I'm that old fogey who's like, no, like, <laughs> yeah. the law of non-contradiction, <laughs> it's real, you know. Um, and I was going to ask you, do you feel that we would be better as a people if we thought that way? If more people were inclined to be as as much a critical thinker as you are? Yeah, I think, I, I think people would, I think a society would be much better if everybody thought critically. Uh, even more critically thinking than I. Critical thinking doesn't mean being closed-minded. Mm. It means being open-minded, but not so open-minded that you believe everything. Yeah. But it also means that you are skeptical. You have a healthy skeptical. You don't. You're not doubtful about every single thing. Am I really? Do I really have hands? That's like crippling skepticism, yeah. right? But enough skepticism. So that when somebody presents something to me, I don't just let it in willy-nilly, right? You think about it. You come to your own grips of what you believe on it. Right. So I'm not so open-minded that I just uh, believe everything, right? Um, But I'm also not so skeptical that I believe nothing. You have to find a healthy balance between these two things. And I think you should be confident when you come to believe something that with that in mind, do you do you think there would ever be any possibility where you would be led back to belief in like Christianity and something like that? Probably not to a particular religion. Uh, I see, like again, Christianity it seems dumb to me at this point. <laughs> it seems like the stories, if they're taken literally yeah. for sure, but even figuratively, I think they're bad lessons. Noah's Ark story. I mean, come on, that's a bad story. What was God, the lesson in that? Kills anybody? Kills everybody? And 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 I'm not too familiar about the story. So how did, 
Noah and his family get selected from everybody else. I had because they just were, like a lottery. They or? were the only righteous people in the whole world. In the whole world. Oh man, just nuts, right? Because <laughs> it's like even if everybody is bad, that doesn't give you the right to kill, kill them everyone. All. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're the one being bad. It's literally genocide. God <laughs> and what is the genocide. moral behind that? You know, be righteous. And just hope that you get chosen, you know, <laughs> as the next Noah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I don't see myself ever being able just get to good at convert. woodworking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he had a long time to work on that boat. Of course, <laughs> it was a. It must have been a huge boat. Um. So I don't see myself ever transitioning back to. That would take a lot. It would honestly it would take brainwashing to get me back to that point, <laughs> but. Whether there's a divine being or not, I could see myself believing, oh, yeah, actually, I think something did create the universe or something. That it's more than just the Big Bang. Mm. I don't believe that right now. I don't think we have the evidence for that right now. But I could see myself, I'm open minded enough to the arguments to say. There's enough evidence done on the subject. Yeah. Right. As long, that's, that's, to me, when you become an academic, you, you, almost lose the right to believe whatever that you want mm-hmm. that it's now your responsibility to follow the evidence and base your beliefs off of the evidence and has a student ever left an indelible mark on you to sort of change maybe your beliefs or your outlook on things um it, not in like a, some grand um change in my worldview but definitely uh here and there mm. so i had my last the last time i had taught philosophy of religion um i was pretty hard on spirituality and all this other stuff and this time if you noticed i taught you seem open to it i tried to teach a way of being spiritual the word spiritual i don't like honestly because yeah. it invokes the uh, i've heard people spirit, say that but, they're spiritual but not necessarily religious right so they say this yeah i hear i hear that all the time man. you hear it all the time the way i in the way i imagine spirituality taken in a way that is perfectly good to my mind is to recognize that we humans have these very bizarre experiences that are profound and meaningful to their lives like the double rainbow guy right <laughs> yeah, so, yeah oh my gosh right um, but also people who do meditations and, and reach uh, Savakopa Samadhi and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, and so I say you can try to have these experiences, commune with nature, push your body, have these type of experiences, maybe even do drugs, have these experiences. That's cool. But you don't have to accept the bullshit that comes along with uh, yeah. what's typically thought of as like a spiritual lifestyle you could you find your own it. sense of beauty in it yeah rather than taking all the baggage that comes with it you know yeah it's it's being open-minded and critical at the same time okay i'm gonna accept that i can have these really kick-ass experiences by communing with nature but i'm not gonna at the same time believe that crystals heal me and things <laughs> like that you know yeah. or that the planets dictate you know my personality in any way or something like that and speaking of crystals mm-hmm. i thought it might be Kind of fun to play a little game with you as you seem very sure. much a good barometer of truth and <laughs> bullshit, Tristan. So I thought we could play a game called 
truth or bullshit. Okay. <laughs> so I'm going to throw a couple things at you, and I'm going to get your opinion on if they're true or not. Okay, right, so ready? some of these, though, if I haven't investigated myself. Just right. as you stand currently, yeah, right now, sure. it, with all your knowledge. It would just involved. be a gut reaction. Yes. Yeah, sure. All right. First, Bigfoot. Bullshit. <laughs> but pl- but possible. I thought that squid, the giant squids were yeah, bullshit. Yeah, those came out to be true, And those man. came out to be true. You see videos of that. Yeah, so Bigfoot is bullshit as of right now, but but it's not. I'm I don't not know, man. Committed. You ever seen that Patterson video where he's walking and he's like, Ugh. he like turns around seen, at the camera? I've seen all the videos. I just... He like mugs in the I need a Bigfoot, just yeah. like I needed a big squid. Is it also that there's always like guys coming out every year, I caught Bigfoot, I yeah. shot him. I got a squatch in the woods. And it's just like somebody's hairy yeah, ass but uncle. they never have anything. <laughs> yeah, show me a Bigfoot. <laughs> awesome. Number two, Loch Ness Monster. Oh, man, I grew up in England. <laughs> but, oh, yeah. But bullshit. How was that growing in, up in England, I mean? I loved it. How did how did you wind up over there from my dad's military, so we flew around a lot. Mm. Yeah. Um but it's cool. Like, everybody believes in ghosts in England. So I believed in ghosts growing <laughs> up. My dad has all kind of ghost stories. We used to go to visit the castles and I loved England. I have very fond childhood memories of England. And speaking of ghosts. Ghosts are bullshit. Oh uh, yeah. well yeah, yeah. I yeah. I gotta remember that one. <laughs> Because, yeah, like we were saying earlier, if ghosts did exist, I mean, there'd be probably, like, mountains of proof. I just feel like it would be so easy to prove that they are. Like, if there's a ghost that haunts the house at 12 o'clock every night in the same just go there and check, and there's, oh, yep, there it is. Mm. And then you look around, or there are any holographic projectors, nothing's going on. It's like, And then we start talking to it, and it talks back, you know? Yeah. It'd be easy to prove the ghost. But people always, like, change what ghosts are. They're like, well... You, they don't work that way. Yeah, yeah. They only haunt when they want to. <laughs> they make all these ad hoc adjustments to what ghosts actually are. But, yeah. What about aliens? Up in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm up in the air. Right now, I'm inclined to think, yeah. there's. And I don't necessarily mean yeah. like little green men or anything like no, that. I'm talking yeah. about like just Any type of, some sort of like bacteria life floating around. Oh, I, something I'm, like that. I'm almost certain that exists. Yeah. I I think the probability that that exists is really, really high. The probability that intelligent life exists is a little bit lower, but I still think, I think it's up there. Mm. I mean, given how many galaxies there are, how many planets, how many stars there are, how many planets, basically, it seems likely. It seems likely. So when you look at physics, the physics arguments of like questions about probability of stars and all that, mm. how many are conducive to life, it looks probable. When you look at the biological arguments, arguments from evolution and things like, how did this even come about? Yeah. You're like a little less, right? Yeah. But I think, I'm inclined to be, yeah. <laughs> I, I think there's probably aliens out there. Right. What about horoscopes? Bullshit. Oh, I know, right? Oh, I hate those. <laughs> it's and so I, frustrating. And I hate how people pigeonhole others if you're not necessarily in line with their houses or whatever it's called. This is, this is a problem. This is scary almost. It, I think it's actually becoming really problematic. So, I mean, like right now, Mercury's in retrograde. There's like four other planets that are in Mercury uh, in, in retrograde. There's the, last night there was a full moon and a oh. solar eclipse or a, a lunar eclipse. And oh, dude, you might you should buy some lottery tickets, this, man. I hear it's lucky for full I got moon a, right now. I got a friend who's like all like all these planets are like they're they're just. They're just causing fuck shit, right, to happen in <laughs> our lives. They're fucking with our technology, our emotions, and 
and she she's actually one of my ex students who had a critical thinking class with me so it's kind of infuriating but she is now a counselor at a school mm. and she was talking about having a meeting with another with other other uh faculty and um administrators Whoa. and bringing up mercury retrograde in that in and the that classroom they were talking no in that meeting and oh. they were talking about it. so here is people at the academic level who were believing in this stuff too and their counselors some of them yeah that is disturbing to me no and we talked about in-group out-group bias right mm-hmm. that humans like their in-group and they don't like their out-group and we talked about how some religions, they just create one group. There's all life, and you need to be, this is a Janus. <laughs> all life is sacred. They don't kill a single thing. They sweep in front of them because they've only got one group, so there is no outgroup. Do you tend to kind of have that mindset? Because I believe you told a story about um, an earworm that was in like your, your place, yeah. and you tried um, protecting yeah. it. Let me say, let me finish the thought real quick, and then I'll oh, yeah. respond to that. Um, when you have a zodiac sign that divides the world up into 12 different categories, you're creating these artificial in-groups and out-groups. Yeah. And I think that is inherently bad. We had a student in our class who said she just will not date Tauruses because she's a Libra. Yeah. She is excluded from yeah. one-twelfth of the population. People, yeah. Or I don't know about that. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> if everybody... <laughs> the, that probably isn't right. But a large group of the population just based off this one thing. Yeah. Um, I do think, I, I don't think there's never a reason to harm things. Um, but I don't take harming things lightly. So I believe in pro-choice and I think there's reason in those cases to harm the, um, to terminate the pregnancy and that causes harm in some cases. Um, but, uh, but I think all things considered, there's, if you have no reason to harm something, then why? Why? Yeah. It, like I, I was, I was here with a student just last semester, and there was an ant on the table, and she immediately went to squish the ant, mm. and I had to like protect the ant from her. <laughs> like there was no need to harm this thing whatsoever. How'd that go? It was fine. Like I picked, I scooped the ant, put it in, in a environment away from her. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I think, yeah, if you can avoid harming anything, just go ahead and do it. Uh, and, but, you know, I also have cats who are vicious <laughs> hunters, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're designed Bread for perfectly it. for that. Um, have you ever had a cat bring like a dead mouse to you? Yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. gnarly. That was Ronan, our little sweet one. <laughs> He's the sweetest fucking cat, but he was, he was a hunter of geckos mm. cockroaches and mice that's just badass he was a badass <laughs> he was a badass little hunter and um we lived in texas so the cockroaches were like that big <laughs> like at one point one of them woke us up oh, like scurrying on the ground man. and one day we what? caught one on our toothbrush oh, in the middle of the night God. they're nasty so there's a part of you that's like proud of your little cat that it hunted and killed the cockroach yeah and also maybe even like relieve the g like <laughs> i would pick up the cockroaches and go throw them outside <laughs> but rona would just kill them and the geckos unfortunately 
Man, dude, I thought that story you were going to say that you found one crawling on you and it like went into your mouth or something. Uh, <laughs> when you said it woke you up, I was like, damn, how big is this? No, you can it hear it on the ground. Scurrying on the ground. Well, we, like, I'm kind of a messy person. I think I had papers on the ground and we <laughs> heard it scurrying across the paper. Oh, all but still, man, that's got to be big. Is a, they were big fucking cockroaches. It was so back. big, man, you mistook it for one of your cats. You're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> run and get off of that. Well, they didn't, the cats don't sleep with us, so. Mm. Yeah, there. <laughs> you're like what the hell you're like holy shit it's a ghost (laughs) (laughs) I think we have ghosts (laughs) Um, what about tarot cards bullshit oh yeah I think that falls under like the same thing as like a horoscope you know yeah it's superstitious have you ever had like your your your, your cards read I had my palm read (laughs) once when I was younger Uh, she read three of our palms both of them had the warrior's line and i didn't have the warrior's line and i was so mean? disappointed i don't know like you're just like a badass you're a badass if you have this line <laughs> and um, you're like i'm the guy who saves cockroaches <laughs> <laughs> so uh other than that i haven't had tarot card reading or anything uh, like that yeah like i I, should, I think i told you a story once how i was at a party once and some girl was giving out like tarot card readings for fun yeah she said right and so everyone's having fun oh yeah you're gonna get the the wealth you're gonna get the this you're gonna get positive and i was like oh sick i'm gonna go next right so i go in the middle of everybody i'm like hell yeah let's see what i get the first part, card she pulls up is that you are selfish the next one she pulls out you're je- you're a very jealous person and then the last one she pulled out i think it was another like uh like you're very hypocritical and i was oh. like I was like, um, okay, and then and then from then on out, like everybody in the party was like, whoa, bro, what's what's up with you, man? Yeah, and I was like, oh, dude, like why you gotta kill my vibe, you know? See, that's some bullshit. <laughs> that this is the type of thing I'm saying. This actually harming people. Yeah, you know? these ah. And I told yeah. her, well, can we keep pulling out cards so we get something good? And she said, yeah, of course, you could just keep pulling them out. And I was like, well, then how is there any truth in anything if you can just <laughs> you keep can going just keep going yeah and, until you get like oh yeah the the badass card the, the yeah. warrior card yeah man. the not hypocritical yeah card. <laughs> the, not, the, the not asshole card yeah. yeah exactly no that's that's taking this shit too far man it's it, it, i can see if somebody uses entertainment but when they start to create those categories mm. and they start to divide people up and they start to I mean, literally what the person did, they imposed a personality on you without actually investigating your personality. At yeah. All. It seems to me like people, what's the weird thing about this student of mine that I was telling you about is that she's also, she's a fierce fighter for social justice. And one of the things that is involved in that is like knowing our cognitive biases, knowing about stereotypes, right? Yeah. And, and the problems that stereotyping can cause. What are you doing when you look at a person and you go, what is your sign? And they say they're a Gemini. And then you go, oh, you're two-faced fucking Gemini, right? You're (laughs) stereotyping their whole personality without actually investigating who they are. That's a problem. Yeah. That's terrible. And we know that that type of stuff causes harm. And not to mention, you're just cheesy as fuck when you bust that out with like a girl. And you're like, hey, what's your sign, baby? You know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if you're good at it, right? Have you ever actually used that? No, no, <laughs> nah, bro, no nah. way. <laughs> Actually, it's like it's on my Tinder profile. It's like if I if you ask me what my sign is, I'm running for the hills. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, oh man, yeah. So fuck that. And finally, the big question that everyone wants to know is, what is your opinion on crystals? 
what is even the theory behind that is it like they care i don't like is there energy or something supposed to be in them so um from what i understand that i'm not exactly sure i understand they help things so i think people think that we vibrate which we do right (laughs) if if the world is super strings then there's vibration Mm -hmm. and um Okay, and so we vibrate, but there's claims that we vibrate at different frequencies, and this is associated with moods, and that the crystals help you vibrate at frequencies that improve your mood. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, of course, there's no rigorous scientific uh, evidence for this stuff, and just <laughs> it's like those athletes that wear like the little like gummy wristband and it says like it increases your stamina or something oh, like that gosh. have you seen that in the mall no. there used to be like a whole stand of them. i mean i can see how like if they have things on like live strong and like you're running and then you look down at that and it provides no a no no, no. i'm not saying like motivation yeah. there's literal things like they say it'll literally increase your stamina oh hell <laughs> Yeah, and it's like the equivalent of like a, a gummy band that like you give to like a kid or something. So it's not just that it motivates you and that's <laughs> how the stamina is increased, but it actually increases something like that. Like yeah. at a, I don't see him anymore, so I don't think the a, business went well. So <laughs> I don't even know at what level would it do it. Like so, we know that if we inject you with more red blood cells, like if we take some of your red blood cells out and then your body naturally regenerates them and you get, you know, you're full up, and then we put even more in you. That's gonna increase your stamina. Yeah, those yeah. are the. That's what Lance Armstrong was caught for, right? Partially, yeah. um, or maybe it wasn't caught for that, but something that does some kind of to that effect. Well, I did see that they were selling those rubber armbands with like a syringe, so maybe not. <laughs> yeah, then I would believe they were. <laughs> so, like, at what level could it possibly act? It's not acting on your blood, mm. right? What could it possibly act on? not acting on your lungs giving you more capacity to breathe it's doing nothing yeah, mm. it's just sitting there i think at best it acts on your motivation exactly yeah so i i mean i think we could just agree that everything is pretty much bullshit but no vampires no. are real <laughs> vampires are real. <laughs> it'd be awesome if well if they were eating people that wouldn't be great but, <laughs> i think there's um, people that think they're vampires but yeah yeah <laughs> It's not that everything is... I mean, we yeah, live in a world where time travel to the future is actually possible, mm-hmm. right? Special relativity allows that we could time travel into the future. That's fucking crazy cool. Yeah. If you went out and traveled near the speed of light and came back, you could be 20, 40, 50, 60 years in the future, depending on how long you were gone how close to the speed of light you were. That's amazing, Right. Um, we, we just have our, I, I think we just saw our first pictures of a black hole. We saw our first pictures of quantum entanglement. The world is actually really fucking bizarre and really fucking cool that we don't need to be inventing all this other. I'm just waiting for that real photo of Bigfoot, man. Show me a Bigfoot. I'm not, it's, you know, it's a primate. (laughs) It's It's not beyond, um possibility that's for sure there's no contradiction in a bigfoot exists i wouldn't if if bigfoot showed up my reaction would be like oh shit they found bigfoot that's crazy (laughs) isn't it it wouldn't be anything more than that you know if time Um, travel existed would you do it 
Would you try it? Time travel does exist. But I but if to they the future. They they sort of like somehow by some way they mass market it. So you can have your very own home time machine. Would you do it? Would you go to the future? Uh, only if my wife came along with me. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, you can't come back. Nice. Yeah. So you could go to the future, but if you go to the future, you're not going to be able to come back. As far as we know. Look at that. Even in the future, you're a romantic. <laughs> if we were tri- time traveling to the past, <laughs> I would have to really know the metaphysics of the universe before I got <laughs> in that time machine. Because that time machine is possibly an annihilation machine. Mm. Uh, so uh, depending on the way the world time is metaphysically. Like uh, you're talking about like going into the past, changing things and completely reworking. No, I'm imagine. So if time, we, you know about a theory, B theory of time? Uh, not exactly. Okay. So the a theory of time says there's a, there's a past, there's a present, there's a future. Um, and, events are ordered in that way so there's a present moment that is like moving along right and possibly if i get in a time machine and i travel into the past do i bring the present with me or does the present keep going Mm. if it just keeps going i might have just popped out of existence (laughs) and never do anything again right but maybe i had done stuff in the past you know what's funny that theory of time travel is the theory that the marvel universe time travel theory is based around that's Ooh. like their whole thing that you when you go into the past you're carrying the present with you their time travel is <laughs> not clear to me i know right their time travel is consistent with a branching view of time and a static view of time um so like take you know the grandfather paradox right i love a little bit can you go back in time and kill your grandfather mm. is basically the problem well, um, if time is a B theory, is if time is a B theory, there's only the there's only basically imagine there's just one block, right? There's just one MCU timeline, right? If you were to time travel, or sorry, if you so take Nebula, she kills a younger version of herself, a causally connected younger version of herself. Um, well, sorry. <laughs> On one interpretation, where there's just one MCU, then she killed yeah. a causally connected younger version of herself. She shouldn't have been able to do that, <laughs> yeah. right? But um, it's actually logically possible to go back in time and kill your grandfather if there's resurrection in that world. Mm. So there's a, um, I think I first heard about this by uh, Audrey Vivlin mm. in her paper, um, What Time Travelers Cannot Do. And uh, so in the Marvel Universe, there is resurrection, right? Yeah. And, right? Because Hulk resurrects all those people yeah, from, yeah. This, from the Soul Stone. And so when Tony Stark snaps his fingers, he has to, first of all, annihilate everybody from that time, all the bad guys, but also resurrect them in the past mm. so that they can do the things that they did previously to bring about that timeline. So that's one theory. Mm. That's with one MCU timeline, and you got to work out a whole bunch of other things about like the Tesseract and all the other how <laughs> how Captain brought those back and yeah. what happened to Captain. They don't necessarily explain that Mjolnir. either. They just, just got to go with it. And and if you look, 
the tesseract is not a tesseract it's it's a, it's the space stone in the thing mm-hmm. but it was taken out of time as a tesseract yeah. so it needs to be put back in time as a tesseract and how does he do that right? how does he do it yeah think, I talk about this. Uh, she, you have to. I think you have to go to the ancient one first to give her the <laughs> time stone, and then recruit her help in <laughs> From creating there. a tesseract and things like that. I don't know. And I always thought that would be like a fun story, like a fun movie, like Captain's Journey, just going through time. Like, yeah. What would he have thought when he bumped into like Red Skull and stuff he like that? Out. You know. <laughs> I know that's the fun thing to think about. Uh, the other theory is that there's branching view of time, right? So, mm-hmm. or that they were going to all these multiple these. Multi, like a multiverse theory, they were going to these possible worlds. They were going and taking soul stones out of different worlds and bringing them to their world, right? Mm. Uh, that, did I say soul stone? I meant reality. I meant uh, infinity stones. Um, and if you think about it, like Black Widow, she dies in a different world then, if that's mm. the case. But this also resolves the, the, um, the grandfather paradox because you're not actually killing a causally connected nebula you're killing a nebula from a completely different world mm. this i think has a lot of problems first of all it's not very satisfactory because you're not killing actual thanos you're yeah. killing a, a possible world thanos. not the one that yeah. even killed everybody right the bigger problem to me is this is that if there are these multi multiple universes you have no moral responsibility to them unless you can access them and now you're telling us oh you have access to these other worlds well now they become part of your the universe that you need to protect yeah and if 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 dr strange is right that what was it like 14 million worlds where they tried (laughs) to fight thanos and he won every time except one yeah yeah that means there's deep deep injustice across the universe right Mm -hmm. that you need like you need to Basically, you need to give um, Captain Marvel the gauntlet. She needs to go to all those yeah, worlds and yeah. snap, 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 snap. <laughs> <laughs> Something. I don't know. I don't know how you uh, get rid of that injustice. You seem pretty well versed on this, man. Did you ever think about teaching like a philosophy of Marvel? <laughs> no. <laughs> or I, a philosophy of Star Wars or no. something like that? I thought of philosophy through Star Wars one a while back, but uh, I never did it. And it's become less popular now. I've heard that there's like a philosophy based around Batman. Oh, like is somewhere like in the Midwest, there's a teacher that teaches that. No, so I mean, Star Wars ain't that. Far I off, did the man. philosophy of time travel. Mm. I've taught that that as a course in Bridgewater. How was that? That's hella fun. That's nice. that's a fun class to teach. Yeah. Is it just like you're watching like Back to the Future? No, and like no, I didn't do a Bill lot and of Ted's TV Excellent watching. Adventure and shit like that. You know what? Bill and Ted's Excellent <laughs> Adventure is good time travel. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's good time travel. but uh, And you I see think, that they're making a new one? I think. I can't remember it exactly. I kind of remember thinking it was good, but I didn't. It's been so, so long since I watched I don't actually remember. Are you going to see the new one they're making? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to watch all of them. I haven't watched them in a while, so I need to watch them. But Back to the Future time travel is garbage. <laughs> Just terrible. And yet it's so popular. I think it's the idea that you can go back and change things. Yeah. People love that. Romanticize it. Yeah, yeah. they love it. Because it's regret. We have regret. And we want to be able to go back and change that. I think happening. everybody at some point has something that they, they would like to have a DeLorean to go back and change. Yeah. You know? People, it's funny. When you ask people, like, what would you do with a time, tra- uh, a time machine? It's always something super selfish. Yeah. It's always something like, 
I'll go back and change my life this way, this way, this way. Yeah, I'd say the right things to yeah. this person, you know. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, I, it's never like, oh yeah, I'll go back in time. I'll I'll whoop Hitler's ass or something like that. People Some, do, do people that go way. to the extremes of that now. Yeah, but it's always you, it's always uh, like, really? Do you even speak German? How you yeah, gonna, yeah, how yeah. you gonna get to Hitler? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the best way is just you would know if you knew exact. If you knew a time when he was exactly here and there, right, and you just the time machine just lands on him and then you Boom. pop out of existence. <laughs> but I don't think you can do that type of stuff. Um, I don't think that's logically possible. <laughs> you just zoom in, you're just like, you're dead, bitch. Boom. <laughs> and then you just zoom back out. Can you imagine like the reaction? What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, no philosophy of Star Wars class anytime soon. I think that would be cool. I, but honestly. Even though I still sport the Star Wars hoodie, I'm transitioning to Marvel. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's Like the times that we've talked, because I'm a big comic book guy, and yeah. it seemed like you were like, because I assumed that you were like the big Star Wars guy. Yeah. And not saying that you can't be both, but it seemed like, I was like, well, oh, he knows all about all the Marvel stuff, you know? It's yeah. pretty cool. I love, I love everything about this stuff they're doing right now, and I'm really excited. I thought the last, I thought the last Spider-Man was really good, too. Um. And speaking of which, weren't you, well, I guess, spoiler alert, weren't you disappointed when it turned out there wasn't a multiverse, that he wasn't? No. I kind of think it's good that there's not a multiverse. Because I thought they were setting it up to be like, oh, there's different Spider-Man, and then they were going to bring in like the Miles Morales spider Yeah. Well, I I mean, the Miles Morales, the, um, the Spider-Verse stuff, that was awesome. Cool, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know if that's if the multiverse is canon is it do you know if the uh, multiverse is canon the spider verse yeah i believe so cuz i think they're saying that there originally there was going to be like a tom holland like cameo in it yeah so i think technically but they so, haven't officially stated it like i said you don't incur any moral responsibilities if you can't access these worlds mm-hmm. we say in philosophy the ought implies can if i ought to do something i have to be able to do it right mm-hmm. So I don't I don't have any moral responsibility to people in other possible worlds if I can't access them. But if I have access to them, then now I become responsible for them, right? Yeah. Um. So if there is a if there Spider Man, he Miles Morales doesn't have access to those other worlds though. Really, like he doesn't seem to have like that machine broke. Mm-hmm. They could rebuild the machine, and then but he would have to get fine grained access. But also going to those other worlds, if you're gonna die in those worlds because you're all glitchy, yeah, yeah, then you, I don't think you have much of a responsibility to go there if you're gonna die going there mm. each time, right? Yeah, um, maybe you could go there for a little while and help out. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think the Tristan from another multiverse would be like? <laughs> well, <laughs> every possible way, right? Yeah, he wears a stormtrooper hoodie every day. Yeah, there's one that's mean there's one that's nice there's one that's there's one that's every possible permutation <laughs> that's why when people talk about i'm living my best life yeah i think they have no imagination yeah yeah because i'm like really you're living the best of all possible like ways you could be you that's... haven't messed up at all you you're you're donating all your money that <laughs> that you can without becoming poor yourself and ruining your ability to make more money um yeah and speaking on that like what do you think what is your opinion on like reincarnation and stuff like that i think reincarnation is 
BS as well. Yeah. Um, there's there's a guy I forget his name right now, but he wrote a book called uh, Ten or Twelve Twenty Cases Twenty Cases Suggestive of Reincarnation, mm. and um, now the book is widely regarded as like the the um, methodology and the way the person did the study Mm. is not very good but they studied things like children who claim to have and they would uh have been reincarnated have a past life they would go and interview these people in different countries mostly countries that do believe in reincarnation already (laughs) where these events are happening they would look at things like um the child would have like a birthmark say at the on their temple and the person happened to get shot on their temple or something like that they thought that was evidence and so they go through all that it looks like um not great evidence at all to me not convincing evidence at all to me um and unless you can remember your past lives i see no i don't see there are people that claim that too like uh like in my past life i was a king yeah and it's like okay well you're also like broken <laughs> like yeah, here, this is your yeah i don't care if you were a uh, 10 kings like, yeah so i live your best life now you know nobody ever says like um you know you never get a child who's like in my past life i was a mathematician that's why i can do calculus yeah, right now yeah right like why do you why do you lose all those skills mm-hmm. Right. And it's always like people that uh, maybe they're not at a great place right now, so they say, "Oh yeah, but in my past, you know, yeah. I was a, uh, I was mi- a millionaire and stuff like that." You know? Like, yeah. In, in my past life, I was a pilot. Oh, good. Let's put you in a plane, kid, <laughs> and see if you can pilot. This. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, like this seems easily, <laughs> easily debunked, right? Yeah. It's just, I would need really good. Ev- what would I need to convince me of? I guess things like that would be, you know, it's more than just a child prodigy. If if a child comes, you know, comes out and at like two years old, when it just first starts being able to scribble and things like mm. that, he's writing E equals MC square. Yeah, and it's doing complicated. <laughs> and he's got like crazy hair. You're like, holy shit, is Einstein Junior? Yeah, you would believe that, right? If, <laughs> yeah. If Einstein was reincarnated as another person and starts solving field equations or dual total or somebody like that i would be like oh shit that's really <laughs> good evidence that yeah. this person had a previous life and then with that if that was true then you got another kid coming out with a little mustache you're like holy shit i can't i don't know if he's hitler or chaplin yeah right <laughs> <laughs> you're like give him a bowler hat and a cane see what happens <laughs> i think also there's just evidence from our own personal experiences i did i don't seem to have experienced any sort of um um, past life i don't have any memory yeah. of it whatsoever why is it selective you know <coughs> yeah why is it that some people remember and some don't they say things like oh well the trauma of childbirth and da 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 i'm like come on was it really that traumatic <laughs> that i made me forget everything yeah yeah like no other trauma very few traumas do that right they make you forget everything <sighs> yeah amnesia can happen but even then it's like sometimes it's very selective yeah <coughs> i guess i'm getting that it's <laughs> like we were saying everyone gets their things from movies right you do you get but you know claims like that you, we should i should be more cautious of i don't know anything about amnesia cases <laughs> <laughs> uh, um 
And just in closing, I thought it'd be kind of fun if we called in these, what would you call them? Shamans? Um, uh, oh, do you really want to make a phone call? Yeah, man. Uh. So <laughs> let me give a little backstory. So a classmate of mine, his name is Ben. He brought in um, these, I, I, let me read this, these astrologer and psychic readers who claim to cure business investments, money problem, work problems, childless couples, family arguments, loved ones, luck and lottery, house protection, negativity, enemy problems, <laughs> basically anything you could think, man. So, I don't know, man. I thought it'd be kind of, <laughs> kind of fun if we call in these guys and just see what happens. What do you want to... What yeah, do you yeah. Want, so what do you okay. want to ask him? So what's our story? Um. So I think why don't you? Just, why don't we try and do it seriously and ask them something we're really interested in? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So look, my wife has doesn't have a job right now. Okay. So I'm gonna call and see what the prospects of her getting. See, the thing is, though, I don't want to pay for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Oh, do they charge you by call? I I'm thought sure it's the, like I'm I thought sure the call costs something. I can. I can handle that part, but mm. well, if he asks for anything, we'll just hang up. Yeah, yeah. We'll just say your refrigerator's running and just hang up. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Fuck this damn speakerphone. You gotta dial it first and then. Some pretty big claims on these things. Hello, um, yes, I have a question. My wife recently lost her job, and I was wondering, like, uh -huh. if I had a, like, if she'll get a job anytime soon. Oh, I need an appointment for it? Yeah, if you need to cancel, if you need to know about a job, work, thing, anything, you need to cancel the, the master tonight. Um, okay, never mind. Thank you. Sorry, I mean, as I climaxed. I was telling you, man, ask him what Jadu is, or ask him if it's because of that. Jadu is yeah. it's a it's a type of black magic thing, isn't it? <laughs> it's like uh, I thought we looked that one up. Something like that. Yeah. There's like some demon oh, or something like that. It's amazing. I didn't know about Jadu or this one, Obia. Yeah. Yeah. Man, there's so many superstitions in the world. It's <laughs> hard to keep track of all. I know, right? Well, awesome, brother. I mean, it was it was great having you on yeah, the show, man. You're fun, the thanks. inaugural guest of the Instructable <laughs> Podcast, man, and I think this went well. Um, even calling these guys, at least they didn't ask for your car number, man, yeah, or right. anything. Yeah. <laughs> it was anticlimactic, but at least at least we figured it out, right? You got to make an appointment. So. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thank you for being yeah, on the show, no Tristan. Problem. Do you have any links or anything you'd like to plug, or? Uh, I could plug my wife's podcast. Yeah, of Militantly course. Militantly mixed. Militantly mixed. She also has one called By Furious, and she has one called um, Blurred Com Mixed. Mm. 
So the first one they talk about mixed race identity and uh, growing up mixed. She interviews a new mixed race person each each uh, time. Um, on Blurred Comics, they talk about uh, all sorts of comic book stuff. Nice. Um, and then on By Furious, my wife talks about being uh, bisexual and interviews other bisexuals. Um, and and a lot of uh, like the way they're erased from both the heterosexual and um, mm. homosexual communities. Nice. Um, I think. And are, are those all available like on Spotify, iTunes? Uh, yeah, I think they're available on iTunes and all the big, yeah, mm. podcast places. So. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks again, Tristan. Yeah, no and I'll see you guys next time.